ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Okay, so I do the one about Sankirtan, about book distribution. First, yeah, but first I'll clarify it. I'll clarify the meaning. Mm. Yeah, he clarified that uh, some people may, or some devotees may think that other me- uh, preaching methods are more important than book distribution. Mm. Basically, you spoke about this. So. Mm, yeah, I did. Well, I can speak a little more. Those, it appears that such doubts were present even when Srila Prabhupada was personally here, which uh, is why, presumably, Srila Prabhupada wrote in one letter, I don't have the exact quote, but, but he said, he wrote that you should know that, the, that, that you should be certain that there is no better method of preaching Krishna consciousness than distributing my books. But this... Uh, Diversion into other processes, there's nothing new. Whenever someone is speaking the truth, someone will say, no, no, uh, just try something else. That's why uh, uh, Krishna himself clarifies that in Bhagavad Gita, 5,000 years ago. Vedeshu Yagyeshu, what is that verse? Vedeshu. Tabasu Chaiva Dainena Yat Punya Palang Pradishtam Ateti Tatsaravidang Viditva Yogi Paramstanu Paiti Chadyam. Krishna says that there are so many other methods, but this method which I am giving you, uh, this is the best. Uh, from a few hundred years ago, here's a, uh, here's a song emphasizing the, the holy names are the only way. Dharma, karma, ajapa, etapa, jnana, yoga, jaga, dhyan. Nahi, 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 kalite, kebal, upai, govindanam. So someone will say, dharam, you just follow the duties of dharma. Someone else will say, karma, you have to do, do your work. Work is worship. Ajapa, etapa, some different kinds of japas. Mritanjai japa is quite well known among Hindus. Yeah, different Hindus processes of austerities. Jnana! Ladies Hare. and gentlemen, I would like to announce, there's no need to chant Hare Krishna. Just become a Jnani. What we really need is yoga. All the problems of this moment will be solved when the devotees can put their legs behind their necks and say <laughs> Om through their backside. <laughs> Actually, we shouldn't say that. It's getting, it's getting a little crude. Leave out the last three words. And, or we have to perform some very complex yagyas or meditation, for instance. But, nahi, nahi, nahi. No, no, no! Kalite cable. In Kali Yoga, there's only way, one way. Upai Kalite Kebal Upai Govindanam. The only way is the name of Govinda. 
Well, we have some other suggestions. Bukoti mukoti, jaygoti shaygoti, tahe na korihoroti, meghera chayai jurai jemon, kohana shaykonogoti. The idea that we shall enjoy this material world, or that we shall get liberation from this material world, this this result, that result, don't be attached to any of them. Uh, it's just like in the hot, scorching sun, this cloud may come, you get a little relief for a short time, but it's only temporary. So don't say that that's the real thing. So, uh, the idea that we, <laughs> we have to do other things to present Krishna consciousness, it's, uh, it's, like going like this instead of like this. <laughs> it's very serious if, if within our movement devotees are encouraging that we we have all kinds of concocted methods which are not promoting book distribution. Actually, if someone, some household living outside wants to do yoga or Ayurveda or astrology or any of these things and bring people in, let them do it, but th- the central activity of our movement has to be chanting the holy names, distributing Srila Prabhupada's books, holding festivals, directly presenting Krishna consciousness. Don't think we've got anything better than distributing Srila Prabhupada's books. This is giving them the, the knowledge that they haven't had in billions of lifetimes. This, uh, in comparison with which Ayurveda or yoga, it's just, uh, it's inconsequential. Give them the real thing. Okay, then, as, yeah, it's already discussed to some extent yesterday and in great detail in that book on speaking strongly in Srila Prabhupada's service. Which I don't think we have any more copies here. We have a few copies in Moscow, but that's not very helpful for them. I guess if anyone wants, we could send it from there. Uh, please dwell on the importance of Shiksha Guru in the life of a devotee. How to properly accept the Shiksha Guru? What's the difference between a Shiksha Guru and the senior devotees? Oh, that's a big topic, isn't it? It's not a two-minute discussion. Sometimes, sometimes it's just presumed because someone is senior, they, they've been in the movement sometime, <laughs> that they should be considered a Shiksha Guru. I don't know if it happens here, but I know it happens in some other places that someone says, well, you should do what I'm saying. I'm senior to you. I'm your Shiksha Guru. But you just can't appoint someone as a Shiksha self-appointed Guru. That doesn't work. This word Guru is a, it's a very grave, uh, there's a very grave understanding goes with this. When we speak of a Shiksha Guru, we speak of uh, someone we have a very a deep relationship with. Sometimes it's proposed that the temple president is the Shiksha Guru of all the devotees in that area. But the town president may change. And then if he's no longer the town president, does he suddenly, suddenly stop to be a Shiksha Guru because he's not in that position? Or someone may move from that area. So then he stops having, then they stop being a Shiksha Guru because he moved away from that area. So we're talking about a, uh, a very uh, deep and meaningful relationship which is entered into um, with the devotee uh, willingly entering into that relationship. 
well, both, of course, yeah, but it's not that someone can say, okay, I'm your shikshuk. The, the person has to accept, personally has to accept in that role. Mm. So we see there, there are examples, this uh, Shunivas, Shamananda, Narotam, they were all initiated by different gurus, but they all studied under Jiva Goswami, who initiated none of them. And he, it, it wasn't just that they were hanging around him, but they actually studied Shastra from him. That was the Shiksha that they taught, that, that, that they took. He actually taught them personally. So, uh, we shouldn't take things very cheaply. It's not that by being senior that one is uh, automatically a shiksha guru of others. Someone is to be a shiksha guru, they should be uh, ideal in all respects. Mm. So like I say, it's a big topic. I may not go into great detail just now. Oh, one other thing I should say. I, I don't think it, I'm not sure if it's in Russia, but it quite likely is. That now there's this whole thing of celebrating birthdays of different senior devotees and it's almost like a Vyasa Puja. That happens here in Russia also? Yes. But uh, that actually happened in Srila Prabhupada's presence when senior sannyasi, the devotee celebrated his birthday, Prabhupada said that's not correct. And then uh, all the, if the temple president's birthday is celebrated and someone feels that well, you know, I, it's, I don't feel that I want to. I don't want to go in there and glorify him like he's a pure devotee, because you know, half the time you see a town president today, and the next day, the after a few, you know, they're they're just living like a karmi. It happens in many instances. Sorry to say, so you may not have that faith that you want to go there and glorify him like a like he just came from the spiritual world. But then, if you don't go, you'll be noticed. You see, he didn't go. Something wrong with him. So it puts the devotees in an awkward situation. It becomes almost like a political statement. So anyway, these are some of the less palatable overtones that uh, happen in religious movements. Mm. Yeah. What should be our attitude towards devotees who come from who come to our programs uh, and their followers of? Other sampradayas, senior devotees say that they can come, but they shouldn't preach. Well, it may be difficult for them uh, to to restrain them from preaching. <laughs> there are public programs anyway. Every all kinds of people come. Uh, what we often see is that uh, the people from different groups they come with the particular purpose of taking people away who we are preaching to. They come and they, they find people and they say, actually, this isn't, we've got something better, and they try to take them away, like which isn't very good etiquette, to say the least. But then if you stop them coming, they say, they blame you for having bad Vaishnav etiquette. Uh, you may have to deal with with each case individually, because each, different people are different individuals. There may be um, devotees who come who just want they 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 in, want to join, get the association, have kirtan and and all these things. But there are maybe others who come with another agenda. So you have to see, you have to judge on an individual basis.
You mentioned that when accepting a guru, one should strictly follow his instructions. Uh, taking them as good as instructions received from the Lord Himself. Mm-hmm. But on the one, on the other hand, Srila Prabhupada writes uh, in one uh, in one place that any anyone can be one, one's guru and one can get instruction from anyone about Krishna consciousness. So does it mean that we should uh, treat uh, other others who can be uh, who can act as our gurus on the same level? Or, uh, in the eleventh canto of Bhagavatam. The of uh, the Avadhut describes the gurus he observed: the pigeon, the hawk, the wind, the unmarried girl, and others. I believe there twenty-nine or so. I can't remember. It's twenty-four, twenty, whatever, something like that. So, for instance, he learned from the unmarried girl when some people came to her house. She was a uh, she was alone in the house and uh, people had come to meet her parents regarding the, uh, the their son possibly being married to her herself. So uh, she went into the kitchen to prepare them some food and as she was preparing, for instance, grind or she, the, the, uh, bangles on her arms they, they clattered and jingled like this then she thought that if these people hear the sound of these bracelets uh, they're making a sound that they'll understand that I'm personally doing all the work and they'll understand that well we don't have any servants that means we're not very rich we're quite poor so therefore she broke all the bracelets except one on each hand. So the Avadhud said that from this I understood, I understood that you should just live alone because if you live with others there'll always be some, some talk going on and this and that and it'll make some disturbance. So in this way the Avadhud, the renounced person, he gave, so he, that was an example of one guru that he said. And he gave this as uh, an example of how you can learn from all different things. But that doesn't mean that that unmarried girl, you make a Vyasa Puja for her. Uh, Once Srila Prabhupada was walking in a park with some of his disciples. And uh, when they were passing one tree, they saw in one place all bird stool. And Srila Prabhupada pointed to it and said, What can we learn from this? I mean, what do you learn from birdstool? Maybe one of the, one of the devotees mentioned, maybe we can see the mystic patterns, just like people, people read tea leaves. 
You know this? They do read, reading tea leaves and then they can read the future and all this. And Srila Prabhupada said, we can learn that the bird comes every day to the same spot to pass stool. That means he's attached to that spot for passing stool. So this is an example of how every living being in this material world is attached. So we can learn from the bird passing stool. That doesn't mean we capture the bird and put, put it on a vyasa sand and offer arati. Because in one sense, in, 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 a, in, a, in an irregular sense, you can call the, the bird your guru because you learn something from him. So the example of the gurus from nature that is not in that's uh, not in the standard sense of one having a, uh, a guru who teaches one. Otherwise, anyone can say, "Well, I just learn by looking here and there, and I don't need anyone to personally guide me." There may be cases of such uh, spiritually astute people. Uh, but the general case is that one who makes himself his own guru has a great fool for a disciple. A great fool of a disciple? Someone who says he's his own guru, mm -hmm. he has a fool as a disciple. Oh. You mean one of all his disciples are fools? Or? No, no. Just try and answer it. Someone, if someone says, I am my own guru then his disciple is a fool. His disciple is himself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't follow it? Yeah. Then? This subject of Guru Tattva, it's... Uh, it's... Particularly, it, it may be quite difficult to understand it in this Western world where it's not part of the culture at all. Or even in modern India where there are so many cheetahs posing as gurus. Is it an offense uh, to notice the negative qualities of a devotee behind his back? By doing so without any desire to put him down or to offend him and uh, at the same time to be maximum objective in uh, evaluating his personality. Ah, so seeing the negative qualities of others. That sometimes may be there. If one is dealing with other people or uh, especially in, in managing the movement uh, one may discuss about different persons. So, for instance, uh, someone may come and say, well, say, well, someone, someone may come to, it happens to me quite a lot that some devotee comes to me and say, well, this devotee has this proposal, such and such a proposal. And I may say, well, we can't take him very seriously because he's not that, not that serious in devotional service. Just like, for instance, and this is not behind the back, I'm told that uh, some people have come here to tell me about their proposal for a Vedic town. But uh, we can't take that very seriously because the persons who are proposing that have not shown uh, any... They have not shown seriousness or steadiness in devotional service. They're new to devotional service. So let us see them seriously commit themselves to Krishna 
understand what is this Krishna consciousness movement, then maybe we can think about such massive schemes. So sometimes we may have to uh, make such judgments, it may sound somewhat negative, but uh, that's required some sense of discrimination. Otherwise, just for the sake of uh, being nice to people, we can waste half our life listening to all different things that different people have to say. We have very uh, serious uh, undertaking to ourselves become Krishna conscious and to spread that to others. So we have to identify who is very seriously committed to Krishna consciousness, uh, who has understood the uh, purpose of this movement and who is personally committed to that. We can work with such devotees to uh, fulfill the, the mission of Srila Prabhupada and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, so that discrimination has to be there. We can't just take the idea of every neophyte devotee, whatever they, whatever they propose. For that matter, if someone is even a senior devotee with many years of service, uh, but if they start to introduce things which are clearly not this, if they start to emphasize the things which Srila Prabhupada clearly didn't emphasize, then we have to uh, em exercise discrimination. So we're not so uh, naive that we, we're we totally, uh, we're just in the name of not offending Vaishnavas, we just uh, take everything that everyone says very seriously. This is also discussed in my book on speaking strongly in Srila Prabhupada's service. We have to uh, maintain a sense of discrimination, intelligent discrimination. Mm. That doesn't mean that we uh, that we're spiteful to others. As Srila Prabhupada used to quote the English saying, we should call a spade a spade. What's the Russian equivalent? Thief. Yeah, well, that's another one. Uh, that, yeah, we should. It's, as Srila Prabhupada also quoted, that it's not offensive to call a thief a thief. Someone may get very upset. He called me a thief. Well, you are a thief. If, if you if you committed an act of theft, then you're a thief. And although it is generally insulting to call someone a thief, but if you if you uh, do that, then that's the correct description. So we started this session by singing Jaya Radhe, Jaya Krishna, Jaya Vrindavan. Now we're talking about some what might seem to be less palatable subject matters. So in the real world, the Radha and Krishna are dancing. In this material world, there are so many difficulties to deal with. So we should live in this world, taking guidance from Guru, Sadhu and Shastra to come out of this world and go to Krishna in the spiritual world. We cannot avoid such uh, issues as the uh, the bad nature of others or the, or the conditioned nature even of practicing Vaishnavas. We may think, well, I'll just go forget all this. I'll just go and find some Babaji and Radha Kund who's absorbed in Krishna Katha. But as I'm informed, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't have any personal intercourse with the Babaji's in Rathakund. What I'm informed that in between them, there's so much rivalry and politics and so on. It may be. I, I, it would be nice if it's not true, but it's quite possible in as long as we're not completely perfect in Krishna consciousness. And even if one is personally com completely absorbed in Krishna consciousness. 
As soon as he starts to deal with others by giving instruction to them, then he becomes involved uh, with their lower level of consciousness and has to help to guide them in in this world. So in the meantime, we have to keep our vision focused on the spiritual world. Om Tad Vishnu Paramam Padam Pashyanti Surya Ho Diviva Chakshuratatam This uh, in this world we're in this world but we're looking up to the spiritual world mm, then are we supposed to leave at six o'clock is it yes mm. so yes three questions uh, on uh, agricultural communities oh. or, or the structure actually in five minutes <laughs> this well regarding the structuring of agricultural communities um, there there's one lecture which I, I've, I've given quite a few lectures on the subject of establishing Varnashram communities one of them is called uh, I, can, I don't remember exactly but it's uh, Varnashram is sailing into uncharted waters it's a, it's a metaphor from from former times. <laughs> it must have been quite frightening to sail into uncharted waters, as Columbus famously did. Um, we're not exactly sure what we're doing. But we go... That doesn't mean we're totally ignorant of what we're doing. We do have much guidance from Srila Prabhupada. But exactly how to do everything we'll have to, a lot of it we'll have to discover as we go along. And we may have to make adjustments as we go along. There are many questions. For uh, One major question that arises when establishing a community is whether we should have uh, land owned by communistic system or individual private holdings. It's a major question which you have to address in the beginning and which affects the whole tenor of the community. There are all kinds of questions of how to maintain discipline when we have individual householders and we don't have any legal right to fine others or punish them in any way. So there are many such questions. In the uh, pilot Varnashram communities in which I'm involved in India, we have regular meetings of all, all the leaders from the different projects come together and we discuss and, uh, on very practical matters. Uh, it's not easy, but by Srila Prabhupada's blessings it can be done. Growing carrots is the easy part. It, it, growing food is not very difficult, actually. By Krishna's grace, uh, if the soil and the climate are favorable, then we can produce huge amounts of food. We're, we're, we're surprised how much. The really difficult part is bringing together all different kinds of devotees from all kinds of different backgrounds with all different kind of psychological makeups and expectations and bringing them all together can be done. But it's... It requires a lot of mercy from Srila Prabhupada. One thing I always emphasize in these communities, we have to have plenty of of joyful kirtan, bring everyone together in kirtan. 
And that's a good cue for us to go out for Harinam Sankirtan, which we're supposed to leave now. For which we're supposed to leave now. I've been informed that, that the Harinam Sankirtan is scheduled to be on for one and a half hours. But I'm not supposed to go all the time. Because I have to meet different devotees. Well, who am I supposed to meet? <laughs> I'd be very happy to go for the... Oh... Well, what should I do? Tell me. You can go, it's like 15 to 20 meters away, my car. Okay, maybe I could speak to some in the car as we're going. How about that? Jagadish is one, I could speak with him in the car. Uh, I'm not sure, because I'm not accompanying you, because I'm uh -huh. taking my car and some other devotees. So while they stay in you, and they will have Krishna Das and his wife. And well, they could for. they could be uh, reapportioned. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm planning to stay here on Monday, so maybe some devotees could stay behind and meet me then. Monday. I guess most of you you should go, and then we'll try and work out who I have to meet. Just before coming to India, I was in Rathiatras in uh, six different cities. Well, not they weren't all cities. One was like a small town in a tribal area. <laughs> so that was Navsari, then uh, Kukurmunda, Anand, Vadodara, Jamnaga, and Bhopal. <laughs> so, and I, I, my in the Rathiatras, I just go and I, I just. Stay in the Kirtan party all the way through, except in Baroda, where at one point there, there's such a crush and such a crowd, I go up onto the Rath. Such a crush means there's so many members of the public join in. About 200,000 participants every year in Rathiatra in Baroda. So, I'd like to be there with you for the high now. So yeah, everyone go please, and then who's to meet me?